Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, I sat down with Bill Caswell. Now, Bill has had a wonderful 40-year career, the last 16 of which have been with Kaiser Permanente. In today's episode, Bill talks about his love for the Dodgers, including being at the 1988 World Series with the famous Kirk Gibson home run, his love for his kids and wife, but ultimately most of the episode talks about his time at Kaiser Permanente, where he touches on leading a team that includes medical centers, a physician's group, and a health plan, and serving 4.6 million members here in Southern California. We hope you enjoy today's episode, and of course, you can find more episodes at popupodcast.com. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple Music as well. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. All right. All right. Well, Bill, thanks so much for joining in the show today. How are you this morning? Couldn't be better. It's a great day. Awesome. Awesome. We always like to kick off the show by getting to know the guest a little bit. So would you mind sharing with us maybe something outside of the workplace, a fun fact, hobby, something like that? Well, for those that get to know me, and that's pretty easy, um, they'll know I've been married to an amazing woman for 40 years, have three grown kids that are wonderful, and been a Dodger season ticket holder for 40 years. So maybe there's some uh, similarities or connections going on there. Nice. Uh, can we get your wife's uh, first name? Melinda. Melinda. Nice shout out. That is yeah. that is a nice shout out, Bill. Um, now, I'm, I'm a Dodger fan as well. Uh, so 40 years. So that takes us back to... Careful. Nine- careful. Careful. <laughs> a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> so you got to see Fernando Mania a little bit? Oh, way before that. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Sandy Koufax. Bill then responded to a question about where he grew up. I'm a local guy. I uh, grew up in Pasadena. And so out of my office at Kaiser Permanente here in Pasadena, I can see the house I was born in, the church I was baptized in, my junior high school, my high school, and through a few trees, I can see the house I live in today. So uh, I'm a local guy. Bill then responded to why he chose to go to Stanford. Um, I think it's probably uh, intrinsic in a lot of young people that uh, when they grow up in one place, they want to try something different and have a different adventure. Um, got accepted to schools in SoCal, and uh, Stanford's pretty hard to turn down, so I was very fortunate. Okay, nice. And what did you study up at Stanford? Uh, I was pre-med for many years, even sat for the MCAT, although never went to medical school. Story for another day. Uh, but while I was there, I also got a degree in economics. So it was a little bit of healthcare and business, which in hindsight looks like I always knew what I was doing. Yeah. So I know you're rooted here in Southern California, minus your college days. When Stanford uh, in sports is playing, you know, a local team here, who are you rooting for? Uh, it's got to go with the Stanford Cardinal. Yeah. We, uh, you know, there's a lot of, it's been a while. It's been a lot of years, but a lot of good memories. So uh, got to carry on the tradition. Bill was then asked what was next for him after his time at Stanford. I, um, I've had an interesting career, you know, coming out of uh, undergrad. Uh, everybody wants to try to get a good job and perhaps get ready for a possible graduate school. Uh, and so it was back in the day, but uh, I started consulting with Arthur Anderson. And so the gift of that experience was uh, over a couple of years, I got to work at and learn a lot from a dozen different companies. And so just that whole growing up and experience was really powerful. Uh, I then uh, went back to UCLA, uh, started in hospital administration, uh, and I guess a little overachieving. I stayed for the MBA, and uh, that got me into healthcare. And so I started with uh, a hospital system in Southern California. It was called Lutheran Hospital Society, LHS. 
they ended up merging with uh, Health West and became UniHealth America. So it's for a lot of people, they won't remember these companies because there's been a lot of change, as we all know, over the last 30, 40 years. Uh, and that took me from hospital administration into managed care. Uh, but along the way, I had experiences both in medical groups, hospitals, and uh, health plans. And so the, uh, the natural next question is, then how did you get to Kaiser Permanente? And it just took me 20 years, but it's the combination of medical groups, hospitals, and health plans. Bill then shared with us where he resided as he jumped into healthcare. Yeah, we, we started our family out in the San Fernando Valley, but quickly moved uh, to Pasadena. And so our kids, uh, our three children, two boys and a girl, were uh, from elementary school, got to be raised within the same school system and developed friends. And uh, that was really important to us. Bill was then asked about the structure of Kaiser Permanente. And, and clearly, after being uh, in non-Kaiser Permanente positions, um, it's almost a little sometimes hard to figure out and hard to kind of, it's a little bit insular, which shouldn't be that way. Uh, and we've come a long, long way in the last few years. Um, there is the hospital health plan uh, that obviously owns and, and oversees the hospital system, um, but also is part of the insurance and the regulatory and the CMS and the DMHC world. And so we have senior leaders on the insurance side and senior leaders on the hospital side. Uh, and so that would be the hospital health plan group. And Greg Adams is currently the president, chairman, and CEO of the hospital health plan for Permanente. And then uh, the uh, amazing and exclusive relationship with Permanente Medical uh, and uh, there is the Southern California Permanente Medical Group, SCPMG, and the exclusivity is around here are the physicians that we exclusively contract with to provide care for our 4.6 million members, and uh, we are the only health plan they contract with. And it was uh, originated over 75 years ago, so there's a lot of history and a lot of learnings, uh, and it, to me, it's very much the magic sauce. There are eight Permanente groups. They are either, uh, they're all for-profit, uh, either LLCs or partnerships throughout the country. Kaiser Permanente is in agents, including Southern Cal, Northern Cal, uh, Oregon, Northwest, Hawaii, Georgia, and the Mid-Atlantic states. So necessarily a national footprint, but a, a, certainly an amazing name and a company with a lot of doing amazing good work with a lot of good people. Bill then opened up about the passing of Dr. Bernard Tyson. Kaiser Permanente's CEO. Yeah, it was a uh, Sunday morning that I got the call. Um, and many people had got that call at Sunday morning with the, uh, with the passing of Bernard. He was um, an amazing leader. And many people know that he was a, a person with an amazing heart. And many people knew that um, it was the breadth and the depth of how he committed to relationships and committed to causes. And, uh, Sometimes in the course of your life, you're very fortunate if you can meet someone who's bigger than real uh, and smiles more than it lights up the room and, uh, and genuinely has a vision that takes everyone with him. And that was Bernard. Um, and, and in many ways, it was a magical and powerful and personally moving experience, but Kaiser Permanente and over 150,000 employees and 25,000 physicians went into mourning. And we, we were sad, we were motivated, we were inspired. His voice, his face uh, continues to resonate in what we do and what we say. And uh, in, in many ways, uh, 
you know, how do you uh, continue to keep him in our hearts and minds? Uh, as many of your listeners may know, we are opening in August uh, the Kaiser Permanente School of Medicine here in Pasadena, and it will be called the Medard J. Tyson Kaiser Permanente School of Medicine. I, and uh, what greater tribute, right? Yeah. And, and uh, AHA uh, has their annual uh, Leader of the Year award in a very exclusive group. And uh, some years they don't in- adopt anyone into their Hall of Fame. And this year they adopted one, Bernard Tyson. That, that's awesome, Bill. I did not yeah. know that. Um, I've been to the School of Medicine when it was under construction. Uh, one of the guests on our show I'm not sure if you're familiar with, you may know her. Uh, her name is Dr. Maureen Connolly. Uh, she's sure. a Red Sox fan. So, you know, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, but that is great. That is really cool, man. Um, I did not know about the, the naming uh, of the medical school and I just knew it as the, the school of medicine. So yeah. that's yeah. great. Staying on the subject of leadership, uh, adaptation, um, challenges is of course the current pandemic we're in COVID-19. We are recording today's episode in the uh, late spring, early summer, mid-June. Um, by the time listeners you hear this, we'll still this COVID nineteen will still be relevant. So, Bill, in your role, can you give us maybe a, a high-level overview with as many, like maybe a story on how Kaiser Permanente has had to adapt. Maybe how you were prepared to handle this, or maybe how you weren't so prepared. Yeah, thank you, Gavin, for asking. Uh, and I think everybody listening to this podcast um, will have a story or have an experience either because of their work or from social relationships or personal relationships as to how this has impacted their life. Um, clearly in my lifetime, and presumably for those that will live way beyond me, the, we will never see something like this again. Um, I think uh, in general, um, the healthcare system uh, in the United States was not prepared. You know, there are clearly stories in New York, there are clearly stories in California where projections looked at a pandemic surge that was going to overwhelm any and all capacity that we could even model. Uh, And there were a combination of things, and it's really a testament to the leadership, both in the healthcare industry, but of business leaders and political leaders, as to what we needed to do, mobilize and uh, respond in a crisis event that was going to save lives. And so uh, where we are today is very different than three and a half months ago. Uh, we are, um, there's now plenty of ventilators. We have turned the corner on PPE. You know, we have trained people and created safe environments for uh, uh, air droplets and how we protect both physicians and staff and our visitor policies and all of the things that um, many of us did not have prepared and didn't have in place. And so all the training the coordination with labor unions on how we're going to support safety for all workers everywhere. Many, many, many conversations, 24-7 jobs for many months. And so keeping that pace and keeping that vigilance. I was, uh, we have a call every morning on how are we doing? Um, And this is the middle of June, so perhaps this will be a couple of months dated. Uh, On the other hand, um, you know, it's been a couple weeks since Memorial Day. And since uh, a handful of the... uh, social uh, injustice protests have occurred. And uh, our COVID capacity has increased 30% in the last 10 days. So we talked about a second wave and it's now coming true. Uh, come August, you know, time or later in the year, we'll know, you know, how we're doing. 
clearly, and thank goodness, the interventions of social distancing, physical distancing, hand washing, masks, um, I'll just call it common sense, uh, has flattened the curve. Um, but uh, it hasn't, re you know, we still have not found a solution on how to eradicate it. Um, many brilliant people are working on immunization. We know there have been hot spots like skilled nursing facilities and senior populations. So, so many learnings, and we are in a very different place today, um, but can never let our vigilance down. Yeah, no, well said. Um, like you said, Bill, this is probably a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Uh, people reference the Spanish flu, right, over 100 years ago. I read a story like, I think there's a couple people alive who've been through both, but uh, that is truly an outlier. So, Another thing that's changed or relatively new is your retail clinic strategy, um, including working alongside Target, uh, or as uh, some listeners might produce, Target. Uh, tell us about that strategy and how that's going so far. Well, it's a journey that started about seven or eight years ago, and it was in partnership with our Southern California Permanente group, Dr. Paul Minardi. And we uh, wanted to explore additional uh, convenient and affordable and quality access points uh, in the market. And uh, we actually did a couple of pilots. Uh, one, a couple were with Walmart. Uh, we explored Best Buy. We looked at, you know, what were the venues where um, our communities would come on a regular basis and that healthcare might be part of what they would bring value to their visit. Um, in a wonderful way, we established a relationship with Target, uh, of which subsequently they, uh, the pharmacies and uh, the clinics were acquired by CBS. So now it's a three-way relationship. Uh, and probably for about four and a half years now, um, we have been on a journey in Southern California to open those clinics. Um, there will be 36 clinics by the end of this year. So pretty exciting and very successful. Um, and I think what is really a testament, not only are they delivering quality service and it's tied into our members' electronic medical records and you can fill scripts 10 feet away at the pharmacy. And so everything around affordability, access, and quality is present. Uh, but we broke a few Kaiser Permanente rules mm -hmm. and we said, how about healthcare for all? And so we take Medicare patients, we take Medi-Cal patients, and we have contracts with three um, commercial health plans. And you would say, why would Blue Shield uh, want access to Kaiser Permanente clinics? Well, they're not Kaiser Permanente clinics. They may be staffed by Permanente, uh, but they're truly um, target clinics you know, care provided by Permanente. And the North Star for all of us has been convenience, quality, and affordability. And, uh, and so it has been a real testament to the leadership in the industry to say, that's what we need, that's what we want. And uh, I think it's been a successful venture for um, a number of health plans and certainly for Kaiser Permanente. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, that was, uh, that's news to me that it's, you know, not just KP members, right? Or Kaiser Permanente members, but it is open uh, to all those groups that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, um, you mentioned, you know, uh, well, a big part of Kaiser Permanente's mission is serving the community. Uh, we mm -hmm. talked about Bernard Tyson. I know uh, Kaiser Permanente is working on um, housing, affordable housing as well, things like that. 
So tell us a little bit, uh, well, actually, I also want to mention the Special Olympics in 2015. Kaiser Permanente was a big part of that, and I was fortunate uh, to play a small role uh, in my, my day job with the Special Olympics, too, so I, I can make that connection. How, can you give us like some specifics of how Kaiser Permanente is currently involved in the community? Wow. Um, we're going to need more time than this podcast will allow, Gavin. Um, it is a uh, both Kaiser and Permanente. So the, the, the Kaiser Permanente family um, has a very strong social mission and commitment. And our purpose through health and health care is to make a difference in the lives of our communities. And I've never been part of an organization, and I, my history has been, uh, been fortunate to be part of a number of really meaningful companies, but this company is genuinely has a heart of compassion and caring. And um, the, the story, and you brought it up, Special Olympics and the World Games in 2015, uh, I went into the Southern California leadership, Dr. Ben Chu, was president, uh, regional president at the time, and I said, what do you think about us becoming the healthcare partners for the World Games? And he looked at me and he said, why not? I got goosebumps just saying that right now. Because Ben said, let's do it. Let's be magic. Let's be special. Let's partner with our physicians and how can we lean in? And the uh, president of the International Games was Patrick McClanahan, a close friend, and the magic started and uh, working with all the other healthcare providers in Southern California, looking at how we're going to staff the, the administrative areas, but all the sports venues. Um, it even transcended into fans in the stands. And there were a number of corporations that invested and committed and participated in a meaningful way. And uh, maybe it's, well, it is a plug for Special Olympics. If you've ever been able to go to an event, um, and if you, maybe not these days with COVID, but someday if you ever could get a hug from a, an athlete, um, there's nothing more magical. And so it changed the minds and hearts of Kaiser Permanente employees um, as, as we go into today. There was an ask for 300 physicians to staff the venues during the World Games. Over 800 physicians volunteered and took personal time. Wow. Um, it changed lives, as, as you know it does. So that's just one example. We have, you're right, the, a major commitment into supporting the homeless. Um, clearly, these are days where Kaiser Permanente is uh, taking a stand and leading and being transformational in what we say and what we do around social injustice and equality for all. Our inclusive uh, voice is, good, is loud and going to get louder. Um, there's a number of things we've done uh, around healthy eating and active living. We, many people may not know this, but a whole lot of school kids do. We have a thousand actors that go from elementary school to high school talking about educational theater and the things around what you do when you're six, seven, eight years old and the things you might not want to do when you're a 15, 16, 17 year old. So just trying to, again, be in the community and be a voice of, uh, of love, but be a voice of uh, health responsibility and, uh, and uh, making an impact on lives. Awesome, Bill, great examples. Um, I think, candidly, I hear, and I think we all hear in this world, you know, oh, the you know, our company gives back, or this company, do, you know, loves the community. It's always good to hear the specifics, to see yeah. the action. And so I really appreciate the action uh, that you shared and the support uh, there. You know, Gavin, so, one, I'm gonna connect two things. One, it's around social responsibility, but then also the COVID pandemic. 
um, early on, there were a number of things that we just hadn't thought of, maybe many hadn't thought of, and the whole area of supplies. Um, it became clear that um, everybody was scrambling for N95 masks and gowns and all of those things. Again, your listeners will know way, way too well. Um, and then there was the belief that if we had, uh, we called them level one masks, uh, that that would make a difference. Uh, and we changed our visitor policy like many others. We postponed elective surgery cases like many others. Um, but through the Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce, uh, which Kaiser Permanente and I've been a part of, um, we put, I made a call to a handful of civic leaders who made a call to a handful of more civic leaders. And within three days, we had a dozen companies who had shut down their garment business transform that into making masks for Kaiser Permanente and for other healthcare workers. Making masks, we had hundreds of thousands of masks being delivered within three weeks. Wow. And you'd say, that's the power of community. And a uh, shout out, so, you know, if I started listing names, I would forget one and feel bad. Um, but really amazing business leaders that on Saturdays and Sundays we would talk and they would say, well, how, what else can we do and how can we help? Kaiser Permanente was a recipient of meals and as many other hospitals were in support of the front first responders and frontline workers, the drive-bys from the fire departments and the police departments and the helicopter flyovers still give me goosebumps. And so, um, yes, we're all in this together. It was pretty wonderful and still is pretty wonderful. That is, that is awesome, Bill. So were these, uh, I guess a lot of them may be small businesses um, donating all their times and supplies? Were you guys helping sustain them? Like, can you maybe share oh, on that? That's a good question. Um, they were large and small. And so, yes, some were put on contract and some obviously got paid, which was fine. Yeah. Um, I'd have to give a special shout out, but living spaces, we all know them in our communities for furniture and, uh, you know, um, they mobilized within days and uh, as they uh, created all their masks, they then said, and we want to donate these. To the community. So a special thank you to Living Spaces. But those are stories, and I'm sure other community leaders and hospital leaders have similar stories. But uh, I don't want to, this, we are, we're all on in this together. And it was uh, a real testament to when, when things get challenging, people come together. That's great, Bill. Uh, one of my first uh, adult purchases was a couch from Living Spaces. And <laughs> I feel much better about that. Uh, I think the commercial was, uh, Living spaces treats you right. Buy today, enjoy tonight. Uh, <laughs> and I still remember the tune, but that's cool. Thank you for sharing that. And uh, yeah. like Bill mentioned, uh, folks, I'm sure some of you may be listening and being, like, "Hey, I donated too," but he just can't. He can't name everybody. I think it's wise yeah. to generally not name because right. you are are going to forget. So you mentioned all the community, all the great things Kaiser is doing, but Kaiser Permanente. I know some people don't want me just to say Kaiser. Be careful. Uh, yeah, that's true. If you're ever doing business with Kaiser Permanente, uh, what's the prop for the folks listening who like serve Kaiser patients or Kaiser Permanente patients? Is it proper to say Kaiser Permanente or like what? Yes, that, that, that's, that is our name. So it's, uh, it's fine and it's appropriate. Um, and I did reference it that, uh, you know, even uh, President Obama said Kaiser Permanente is the uh, answer for healthcare in the future. And that isn't a necessarily, it is a plug for Kaiser Permanente, but I think it's reflective of the integrated model yeah. and the prepaid model. And it's, I think it's what we do. And for so many years, some of us older veterans remember when uh, 
you know, it was Kaiser Permanente was perhaps not in the premier league of uh, in brand perception or in other ways. Uh, and it's a very different enterprise now. And it's a testament to uh, many hard workers, but a, an amazing experience I've had in understanding the heart and minds of our uh, physician leaders. And yeah. so uh, there's so many that, uh, and I think that is truly the, the secret sauce. Um, and uh, the, the, there is a North Star within Kaiser Permanente. And there's so many other things that could take priority. And it is a single, you can call it the mission statement, the vision statement. We have all those. Um, but it's do what's right for each patient every time. Yeah. I have, I have to admit, um, you mentioned the brand perception. Um, in my 20s, uh, I just, I'm just i going to throw it out there. I just turned 40. Um, but uh, in my 20s, I was concerned in all candor about going over to Kaiser Permanente with my employer. And I told my wife this. Uh, who also had those concerns, I was pleasantly surprised by the quality um, of Kaiser Permanente. And I appreciate you touching on that because it has changed over the years for folks uh, like me or you who've been around for you know, 15, 20 or more years. Um, it's pretty neat. And I've, I've seen your competitors talk in meetings with us with, in my day job. We're trying to be mm -hmm. the Kaiser model or the Kaiser Permanente model. So um, it's really cool. The quality. So, yes, you do things in the community. There's the in the past, maybe there's a brand perception issue. You guys are growing by leaps and bounds. You mentioned 4.6 million people. That's just Southern California, right? right? You yes. also have your Northern California counterparts who are in the millions as well. Not they're they're a little bit smaller than you guys, but still multiple millions. Why are people? Well, one. Let me let me backtrack. Five stars. Most of our listeners, when they hear Medicare star ratings, they may think like post-acute. They might think of like skilled nursing star ratings or home health star ratings. Can you briefly, in a, in a high level, what is a health plan Medicare star rating and why is five special and unique, not just for quality care, but how it helps you sure. bring in more members? Well, and I, I presume many or most of your listeners will already probably know the answer to this. Um, but, uh, you know, CMS, Medicare, you know, designates on a host of uh, parameters um, uh, a validation or a rating of uh, Medicare health plans. Uh, Kaiser Permanente, since the beginning, is the only health plan in the state of California to achieve five-star ratings. And it's still the only five-star rating today. And it's not just on the performance we do, but it's relative to the other health plans. So as they get better, we have to get better. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, uh, in all sincerity, I wish everyone were five-star because that's the right thing for our patients and our communities. Uh, and I wish everyone had integrated care when you mentioned, you know, we want to, you know, health plans or delivery systems want to emulate Kaiser Permanente. I genuinely wish that were true, having spent 20 years on the fee-for-service side and and having a wonderful career, and then the last 16 with Kaiser Permanente. Um, there is something around aligning incentives, partnering with physicians, putting quality as the North Star, and then affordability follows. It's not around volume. It is around uh, uh, doing the right thing, and it, it works out um, in a really powerful way and a demonstrable way. So there's a number of clinical indicators that now uh, the Permanente groups are number one in preventive care and colorectal screening and mammographies that they weren't 15 years ago. 
in regards to Medicare Five Star, uh, and specifically your question, um, there is an open enrollment period every fall where individuals can uh, change health plans. Um, the one of the many benefit or the, one of the benefits of the Five Star rating is we have an annual open enrollment. So yes, individuals can change plans anytime during the year. Clearly, somebody just turning 65 or becoming Medicare eligible can join any month. Um, yeah. But it does create a year-round opportunity for those to have the benefit of joining Kaiser Permanente. So besides having easy access to join the plan, how have you guys, I mean, you've, you've talked a lot about you know, Kaiser Permanente already, but what is maybe a key retention strategy that you can touch on? Um, it probably comes in a couple of ways. Um, there are those that are already Medicare seniors that as they establish a relationship with their physician and, and whether it's through pharmacy or clinical uh, support or maybe an actual uh, hospitalization or nursing home, I think they understand that it, it, we manage and care for the whole continuum. So wherever you are, wherever you, whenever you are, even out of California or out of the country, we are, we are with you. So it's that peace of mind, I think, that is really powerful. Uh, in a really personalized way. Another really uh, obvious but important part of our um, care delivery system is that there's a lot of commercial members or those that are working uh, that age into Medicare. And so yeah. whether it's at 64 and a half or those that work a little longer and it might be 67, 8 or 69, um, you know, there is a lot of discussion and opportunity to transition the commercial members into Medicare. Uh, and so our our strategy is both to um, appeal to uh, the new new, but also to retain those that are already in the family. Awesome, Bill. Well, that is uh, that's a, a lot of good information, good specific examples you've given in today's episode. Uh, Bill, how do folks learn more if if they're interested in uh, potentially being a KP member? Is it KaiserPermanente.com or dot uh, org, KP.org. Um, they're clearly independent brokers, but we do a lot of direct sales. Um, we are in all business lines. So whether you're a Medicare senior or an individual in covered California or Medi-Cal or, uh, in a commercial group, small, large, jumbo, national. Um, and that's really another really interesting dynamic and part of the Kaiser Permanente because we are there wherever you are in your stage of life. And so there may be times when you're working for a large employer you move somewhere or the situation changes and you end up with a small employer or you might become independent and have an individual or family policy through Covered California. And there's always the ability other than the, you know, the insurance coverage um, to stay with the delivery system. And so that's really, it's what you opened with, you know, there's parts of Kaiser Permanente, there is the coverage and then the care. And so being able to align those, combine those and make it seamless for individuals and employer groups is really special. Awesome. And I do want to give a special shout out uh, here at the end. So my day job um, <laughs> does, does some business with Kaiser Permanente. And one thing um, I have to admit, it's impressive. KP, at least, at, so we're a vendor, right? KP actually pays us quickly and on time. <laughs> and oh, good. <laughs> I, I have to admit, I, I'm sure most of our listeners know this, who may own a business or, or know about collections, getting health systems to pay the bills in a timely manner uh, is a big challenge. 
And a, give, a big shout out to whoever your folks are. I know you feel, <laughs> but uh, a quick shout out. So there you uh, go. Thank you, Gavin. Yeah. Well, uh, Bill Caswell has been our guest, folks. Been with KP, I say KP, Kaiser Permanente for 16 years. Really appreciate your time. I'm actually not too far from you uh, virtually. I'm about three miles from Walnut Center. Okay. And I'm in Pasadena today. So uh, we're doing this virtually to be safe, but I really appreciate you being on the show today, Bill. Again, folks, if you want to learn more about Kaiser Permanente, it's kp.org. And then if people want to follow you, um, are you on social media, LinkedIn, or? or... I'm, I'm not very good at that, uh, okay. but lots of people know how to find me. So uh, always glad to chat. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. And if you have and want to check out other episodes, visit us at pophealthpodcast.com, iTunes or Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and now YouTube as well. Take care.